0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to the Roy Green show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: Knock
2: that fire down,
0: 19. Copy captain, let's move! ABC Thursdays.
2: Firefighters were family.
0: Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge.
2: I'm going to be the best damn captain the
1: station has ever seen.
0: Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu.
1: Seven words that'll scare any politician.
0: Roy Green is holding on line one.
1: The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues.
0: Just think of people living in Hawaii, people in, on vacation in Hawaii yesterday, and suddenly across the state there is an urgent message, an alarm message that a nuclear missile is on its way to Hawaii. And on the bottom of the message it reads, This is not a test. And with all of the news that's been bandied about, about North Korean missiles and the confrontational attitude between the North Korean dictator and President Trump, the uh, I think the immediate response would be, if you're a person on the street and you're looking at that message, it's, yeah, this is really happening. And you could see that in the actions of people who were videoed. And we saw a film of a dad pushing his kids underground through a maintenance cover on this on a road. And I'm sure there were people just frozen in place not knowing what to do I mean what would you do so when uh, a little later on uh, we'll be talking to Colonel Peter Mansour former executive officer to General David Petraeus in Iraq during the surge and a former NATO tank brigade commander about what happened what happens what happens with the military what how does the military respond to this kind of situation and i mentioned earlier that in 1983 when a soviet fighter plane shot down a Korean airplane, a Korean air, Airlines plane with 269 people on board, it made things very tense between the Soviet Union and uh, the United States. And there was, subsequently, there's been talk about how close they came to uh, to war. There's a story in the New York Times and the headline is Hawaii False Alarm Hints at Thin Line Between Mishap and Nuclear War and they detail a lot of what took place in 1983. So we'll have that coming up, but I want to start with this. Yesterday, Andrew Scheer was my guest, leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, and we talked to Mr. Scheer about some of the initiatives of the current government and the Prime Minister, and we also played for you clips from an interview that Bill Kelly from Chorus Radio 900 CHML in Hamilton, um, from his interview with uh, Justin Trudeau with the Prime Minister on Wednesday before Trudeau went to McMaster University for his town hall meeting, and I want to play some clips from Trudeau and some clips from Scheer, and then ask you for your assessment, because both of them will be running for prime minister next year. One of them will probably win, unless the NDP pulls off a major upset. So let's begin with uh, Justin Trudeau and Bill Kelly on ethics.
3: One of the things that that I love to see any elected leader do is, is to get outside the bubble, get outside the Ottawa mm-hmm. bubble in your case, uh, uh, and 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 listen to everyday people, listen to the coffee shop uh, discussions, and and for that matter, the radio talk show discussions, uh, because we get feedback on a daily basis from from uh, Canadian voters as well. And and I I know that you heard a little bit about this last night in the meeting in Halifax, Prime Minister, but and you may well hear about it again here at Hamilton. But a lot of the discussion these days, as, as you know, has focused on, on ethics. Uh, and, and there's a, a series of things that people are talking about. I mean, the photo op with uh, with Joshua Boyle and, of course, the subsequent charges against Mr. Boyle, the, the vacation with the Aga Khan, the, the Cotter payment. You heard about a lot of the stuff last night, I know. You grew up in a political environment, and and you know that even the perception of wrongdoing can can be detrimental to a government, right? That maybe there were no ethical things broken, maybe there were no laws broken, but there is some question about bad judgment. How do you respond to that, and how do you you try to, to rectify that?
1: Well, I think, uh, as, as I said clearly, uh, uh, obviously on, on any question of vacations, of uh, uh, whether it's with uh, a family friend or not, uh, we're going to be clearing uh, every step of the way with the Ethics Commissioner in advance, uh, and that's certainly something that, uh, uh, that we have learned uh, through this, this whole experience, that uh, absolutely I would have done differently if, uh, if, uh, if we had to do it all over again. Uh, but on, on issues like Omar Khadr, uh, it's not an issue of ethics, it's an issue of of uh, doing what's right, even though it's uh, highly unpopular and people are right to be frustrated that uh, uh, that we uh, made a payment to uh, to Omar Khadr of money that could have gone to, uh, to different things or better things. Uh, but it's important that people understand that there have to be consequences when governments uh, do not stand up to defend or even actively uh, you know, compromise uh, a Canadian's rights, uh, regardless of whether they're popular or unpopular or it's politically easy or hard, you know. These are lessons that we have to learn that are that are difficult ones, and I'm I'm uh, I'm very serene about the fact that we had to do that, even though it, it frustrates me. Like it frustrates all Canadians, and the more we remember uh, how frustrated we are, uh, the more it will ensure that no government uh, in the future, the way governments in the past did, uh, compromises the fundamental rights of Canadians.
0: So there's the uh, the first. He's got that memorized now. Huh? There's the first exchange between Bill Kelly and Justin Trudeau. They went on with this. In hindsight, did the government do as good a job as it
3: could have in explaining why this happened? And and I use this as a point of reference, and I know this came up in the discussion, was the Marararar payment from some years ago uh, for a very similar circumstance. I mean, there were an apples and oranges comparison, but I mean, the amount of money and, and the rationales, there were some very strong similarities there.
1: Yes, uh, I mean, it's it's a question of, of uh, I mean, uh, Marar was uh, somewhat uh, more sympathetic for many people than, uh, than Omar Khadr is and was, but the, the, the fact remains that this isn't about the individual or their behavior. This is actually about governments taking responsibility for their own behavior, and previous governments uh, allowed uh, an individual's rights to be violated, regardless of what that individual did or didn't do, that should never have happened, and the more we stay, uh, you know, angry uh, and vocal about having had to, uh, all of us, to collectively pay, um, the better the chances that no government of the future will ever find uh, it uh, worthwhile to uh, violate someone's rights.
0: So now Arrar is brought into the issue, and the argument is essentially the same from the Prime Minister. Bill then went on, and this is I think the final question that he asked him, and he never really got to finish the question. Listen so many things that we could talk about and I I know that a lot of the
3: stuff we're just going to have to wait until uh, you've got a little more time when you can join us here in studio and talk about some of these issues. But uh, just to to wrap up, because I know that your time is tight, Prime Minister, uh, to to go back again a couple of years and I'm just trying to echo some of the sentiments that we hear on the program here on CHML uh, from our listeners and from Canadian voters. Uh, A lot of people in the last election took a chance on your government. Uh, They were disenchanted with uh, the previous administration and uh, they heard your promises about veterans they heard your promises about uh, more transparency about eliminating political and and governmental scandals and
1: and they heard the promises about the economy as well i mean that was really at the core of our platform it was the core of our approach that's what i'll be talking about today where what we did and what we chose to do uh was invest in canadians again invest in infrastructure because the country needed investment the country needed growth and it's paying off. We have the highest growth rate in in the G7 right now. Unemployment is at a record low level, uh, and and people are feeling confident about their jobs and their future again. I mean, there's still a lot more work to do, but that happened because we knew that investing in Canadians, particularly Canadians who need the help, uh, is the way to grow the economy, and that's that's the commitment we made, and that's what we're living up to.
0: So there's the one about the economy, and I find it hard. I want to jump in editorially, but I'd rather not because I'd like to be as fair as I can, at least in the presentation. You know where my leanings are. It's not going to be a great surprise. Uh, when we come back, Andrew Shear and some of the questions I asked him, and then when we're through with that, we will ask you to make a choice. Put yourself in the voting booth, and you will decide either for the current occupant of the prime minister's office— Or maybe someone else. Stick around. Big stories and even bigger guests. This
1: is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com dot com and uh, follow me on Twitter at the Roy Greenshow. So as you know, if you were with us yesterday, Andrew Shear was my guest, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, and we did a twenty minute interview with Mr. Shear and we've chopped it down to uh, two or three audio clips we want you to hear. and then we'll have you decide between Trudeau and Shear. So here's what went on between Andrew Shear and me as far as, Trudeau allowing ISIS members to come back into this country without any fears of criminal responsibility. You're looking across the aisle in Canada's parliament at a prime minister who was welcoming back to this country individuals who left to join the terrorist Islamic State, which conducted genocidal killing, engaged in torture, sexual slavery, and boasted about beheading people, showing it on television, and set a Jordanian fighter pilot on fire in a cage and this Prime Minister argues these returning individuals may make a quote extraordinary end quote contribution to Canada as you sit facing the Prime Minister and you've tried to engage him in uh, on this issue and he rattles on about how the the, the the Liberal Party how the government of Canada takes care of the security of Canada he won't deal with the issue speak to that speak to the what what he's doing mr. Scheer and then, what you're getting back from Justin Trudeau?
2: Well, first of all, I, as as you can imagine, it gets my blood boiling to, to see the dismissive attitude that Justin Trudeau has for a very real concern. Uh, you know, as as you so eloquently, you know, as, as you know, meaningfully put out, uh, we're not talking about uh, a 19-year-old kid who stole a car. Uh, and now, you know, you you want to engage in rehabilitation and, and maybe help them turn their life around. And it is true there are some people who uh, get their act together, clean up their life, and can uh, speak to some of those issues, so that other young people don't turn to a life of crime. We're not talking about uh, people who have seen the light and and, and regret the errors uh, of their past. We're talking about some of the most despicable people on this planet, uh, people who leave their their own country, people who leave countries. Uh, like Canada, where they enjoy basic freedoms, fundamental guarantees of liberty, they're able to practice their faith, they're able to speak out, uh, and, 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 and they leave this country to go fight for a terrorist organization that is intent on committing acts of genocide, that, that sell women and girls into slavery, that commit uh, executions in some of the most gruesome ways. And they join this group, fire on Canadian soldiers or our allies, uh, and... Now they're coming back. And again, they're not coming back because uh, they regret what they've done. They're coming back because we're winning. We're winning the the war against uh, this terrorist group. And at the very least, I would like to see our prime minister say, we are going to introduce new measures or we're going to give our national security forces tools to prosecute these people, to hold them accountable for the heinous acts uh, that they've done. Uh, we get the exact opposite. It's almost like uh, Justin Trudeau is, is eager uh, you know to, to sit down in the therapist chair with them and try to you know work through their issues. Uh, it, nothing offends me more than the attitude that Justin Trudeau has to this particular.
0: So there's that. Then, a little later in the interview, I asked Mr. Shear about the issue of globalism versus nationalism. Have a listen. Do you uh, do you subscribe or do you have any any feelings, any 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 opinion on what I hear people express quite regularly? and that there is a there's a motivation behind um, the numbers of people who are coming to Canada, that there is some effort underway led by the likes of Soros and Trudeau and in in Europe Juncker and and others like them, who are globalists. To really do away with the concept of nations, Mr. Trudeau told the New York Times that he exp- that he wants Canada to be the first post-nation state. What's your sense on that?
2: Well, you know, I, I do get concerned when I when I read things like that. I certainly know that uh, there's a heck of a lot of evidence that there were foreign groups inter you know being becoming involved. In the last Canadian election, you know there, there are uh, groups headed up by uh, like people around the world uh, who, who gave money to advocacy groups and, and helped mobilize uh, people here in Canada uh, to, uh, to help ensure Justin Trudeau won. There's, there's been uh, you know, allegations made about certain groups uh, who continue to, to take foreign funding to, to advocate against uh, important projects like natural, natural resource projects. So, uh, but but. The thing that gives me hope and optimism is I, I do believe that uh, principles like freedom, like equality, like, uh, like free enterprise, th- th- those do transcend national boundaries or ideas of, of, uh, of, you know, it transcends differences between groups of people. Every mm-hmm. single human being uh, has those God-given rights of, of, of freedom and equality and freedom of speech and freedom of expression. We, we recognize them in our Constitution uh, and in our Charter, but we recognize them as being natural human rights. Uh, so, you know, I, I what I am, am working towards is that regardless of anyone who, you know, regardless of where you come from, of how long your family's been in Canada, that uh, that conservatives have that message that, that we believe in fundamental freedoms and equality, and we believe that it's always free people making free decisions that create better societies.
0: As I'm listening to Andrew Scheer, I'm realizing just how infrequently we have the opportunity to hear him. During question period, you'll see the video, you watch Global News, you'll see the, uh, the video of Andrew Scheer perhaps engaging Justin Trudeau on the issues of ethics, on the issues of ISIS. But we don't hear him that often in this kind of one-on-one interview as we did yesterday. I also asked Mr. Scheer about Mr. Trudeau's ethics and about the payment to uh, Omar Cotter. Here's what he said about that. Have a listen.
2: Well, I I think it's phony. I think it's completely fake. I think the Prime Minister realized uh, soon after the Omar Khadr payment that Canadians weren't buying his version of events, so he tried to uh, display this mock outrage and and fake uh, anger as well. He chose to make that payment. He did not have to. There was no court order telling him to do so. Omar Khadr already received his compensation. He got to come back to the country that he uh, essentially took up arms against. Mm. So uh, I don't buy his, his, his anger at all. I think it's... Completely phony, and I and I and I don't believe that he has any sincerity on his ethics violations. If he was truly sorry, if he really felt that he broke the trust of Keynes, he would pay back taxpayers for the costs associated with his trip. It was a it was a, a tremendous lack of judgment. It was it was an inexcusable lapse of in right. judgment for the prime minister to accept this type of gift. Again, he's trying to show some kind of mock. Uh, uh, okay, Mr. Chair, you're actually serious. He pay the money back.
0: So there's the um, the position Andrew Shear took on the issue of uh, ethics with the prime minister and the payment toward Omar Carter saying that Mr Trudeau's argument that he understands the ethical transgression and that he will check with the ethics commissioner of um, any future vacations he takes I have real issues real issues with that as well and the payment toward Omar Cotter, we've talked about this so many times. It just what he what he says, what Trudeau says, just doesn't make any sense. It really is nonsense. We had to pay him the 10.5 million dollars because we had to make good on errors made by previous Canadian governments, which allowed the uh, CSIS and the the Americans to violate Cotter's charter rights. How many times do we have to say the case was before the courts? He was asking for $20 million. Let the courts decide. That's what they're there for. That's why it's before the courts. The motivation for Mr. Trudeau providing the money to Cotter was nothing to do with what Trudeau has said. Nothing. Zero. And he keeps talking about the family friend. Well, the ethics commissioner, out, now gone ethics commissioner, Mary Dawson, pointed out that she didn't believe that the Agar Khan was a family friend and not, certainly not Uncle K. Anyway, I had to get that in. 800-263-2428. 800-263-2428. Trudeau or Shear? Shear or Trudeau? 1-800-263-2428. Trudeau or Shear? Shear or Trudeau? Call me now.